you have to have specific trash bags for the city. Wait, what? The city like of Portland, Portland trash bags? Uh-huh. The city of Port- I had to buy these today and they were like $13. You have to have these purple I'm picking this up as if you can see it. Of course you can't. They are <laughs> official city trash bags. Yeah. Uh, I only I have five. Five trash bags cost me thirteen dollars. I don't understand this. Are they like? They, so here's 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 the deal. Here's the deal. Yeah. Um. Uh. Like like everywhere, there is of course weekly trash pickup. Yes. But they will only pick up trash that is in city of Portland trash bags so they've got some sort of like ridiculous racket with the trash bag people like i'm sure that there's that's the worst sound i've ever heard (laughs) please stop this is going on the the show Ladies and gentlemen, straight from Straight Redplex North, mm. it is your host, Jeff Ross, and through the miracle of modern technology, it is everybody's favorite chimney sweep, Alex <laughs> S. Kibler. Alex, how are you today? How are the chimneys this time of year? Uh, clogged, hence the need for me. I'm glad you're staying in business. No, it's good yeah, to keep it's, you off the street. Yeah, yeah, I needed something, really. So, chimney sweep. I, I, I sat down and I thought, you know what? Hey, what would be, you know, a sensible, commonly requested profession that I could take up? <laughs> Often people need their chimney yeah, so, swept. And, I, and right. it's, it's not even a euphemism. They not, have chimneys that need sweeping. Well, it can be a euphemism. Not in this case. Okay. Not for you. Yep. You take your, your work seriously. Fair enough. Do people still get their chimneys swept? What happens? I think you have to. Like, what? can't you kind of like burn your house down if you don't I get your chimneys like you could. swept? But, I don't but think... what's the process now? They don't send a street urchin in there. No. What do they do? Well, maybe. You never know. But I, I, feel, I, I doubt it. I feel like a part of it really is that, you know, people don't, people don't use their fireplaces anymore. It's sad. Really. For whatever reason, my parents would. Oh, my and mom think... uses hers all the time. And, and like a lot of folks who live in modern times and have fireplaces, it had no practical purpose. You had heat in your house. <laughs> like it wasn't It's it ambiance, Jeff. It was entirely for ambiance and be like, "Oh, it's winter time. Everybody be cozy. There's a fire in this room." Right. Yes. Something's burning. Something's burning. <gasps> Something is burning. As some of the gingers may or may not be aware, I moved to colder temperatures. You I did. Am in Portland, Maine now. Wait, do you have a uh, fireplace in your apartment? Oh, God, I wish. Dude, why didn't you get a fireplace in your apartment? That would have been something else. Well, I'll tell you why I'm not a trillionaire, but <laughs> I did get a nice place. I have two floors. I can't get over that. I have, you... I have a pathetic excuse for one floor. So you know in your apartment where two people live? Yeah. In terms of square footage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'd say I, as one person, probably have 20% more space than you have. 
I, I mean, great. I'm happy for you. Is that what I'm yeah, supposed to say? Yeah, it's great. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. But <laughs> I don't have a guest room. You have a guest room. Sort of. It's more of a closet. It's more of a guest <laughs> closet. <laughs> I think it's generous yeah. to call this a two-bedroom, really. It's like yeah, a one-bedroom with a massive closet. Oh, man. If you look at it that way, you have an incredible amount of closet space. I do. I do. When you look at it that way. So I, not that anyone anywhere cares, but in terms of monthly rent, I am paying $170 less per month than I was paying before. And before I lived with two other people in probably less space. Yeah. This is an upgrade in terms of space. Uh, The downside is I'm almost in Canada. You are. And, you know, we've discussed our views on Canada in the past. Listen, Canada knows I don't appreciate it. (laughs) Right? That whole country knows. And I need to be closer to keep an eye on it. Yeah, exactly. Right. That that's what's really required here is is yeah. you to sort of up the ante in terms of listen. We aren't taking any shit, Canada. I have oh. to bleep that probably, but no, 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 no. Let that fly. Okay, <laughs> just so Canada, Canada knows what's up. Yeah, okay, fair Canada enough. Canada needs to know what's yeah. up. But the downside, both to you and Gingers, yeah. is due to the move that happened over the weekend. I didn't see all that much soccer live. Well, I didn't. I, you know, here's the thing. I I watched enough. I, I got my fill, but considering the game that I watched was on Friday night and the results of said game, my fill came pretty early in the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, and uh, as, you, as you know, because you were on the receiving end of text messages, I was aware of that game. Yeah. It, uh, anyway, let's, let's, let's just talk about it. D.C. United 2. New York City FC won. Well, congratulations to the nation's capital on qualifying <laughs> for the Audi 2015 MLS playoffs mm-hmm. brought to you by Audi. Yeah. Quattro A4 four wheel drive. Yeah. Test drive today. Yes. And your Go to your Audi dealer. Audi yeah. dealer 2015 <laughs> playoffs mm-hmm. soccer slash football. Yeah. Brought to you by the Audi Volkswagen Group of North America. You would think that wouldn't be a good name for something, that whole long thing, but it works, surprisingly. It works. It yeah. just rolls right off the tongue. It really does. Right off the tongue. So DC won. And I think in the last podcast, both of us were, re- were predicting a DC tumble. Uh, you picked like a the draw. The- I picked a loss. I thought NYC could win this one. And- oh, oh uh, I, I meant by um, for the remainder of their season that like, oh, there yes. was a chance that they were going to just fall off a cliff. Very much didn't so. happen. No, very much not. Uh, you know, uh, apparently, you know this. I, you know, it's funny because I pulled this article up to read about this this game. You know, the day after. Apparently they sold 22,000 tickets for this thing, but there was about 40 people there because the rain was abysmally bad. It um, was awful. Yeah. Not where I was, but it was awful in most of the eastern seaboard that day. It was just drenched. In Portland, it was worse a little bit earlier in the week, but this was all related to Hurricane Joaquin being nearby. Mm-hmm. And. It was so nasty that Ginger's, your favorite chimney sweep, Alex S. Kibler, didn't go. I didn't go. I I, I sort of I, – I, I blame myself for the loss. I think that one single voice could have been the, you know, the difference between winning and losing, really. 
You know, and I blame you as well. And I recommend anyone hearing the sound of your voice or within your stench range Mm -hmm. to also blame you. (laughs) Thank you. I I appreciate that. Yeah, you're you're welcome. You're welcome. So I know I said this online. I've said it to you in person, but this has got to be it for New York for this season. Right. I understand that mathematically there is a chance but only in the slimmest of senses. Yeah, technically, if Montreal lost out and they got some help from Orlando and New York City won out, then New York City could go to the playoffs hilariously in that scenario. That's not going to happen. Um, You know, it's relying on two good teams in front of you to play both really badly. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either. Because in the other game we have in our little list here we want to talk about a little bit was that Orlando-Montreal game. Yeah. Where I have to give credit to Orlando. They came out there with a win. The crowd was on their side as usual. And they won 2-1. Two, two to one. Yes. Good for them. You know, Good for them. This, when I sort of looked at this weekend, I, you, you go into this weekend when you're looking at this thinking that this weekend could either completely or totally screw everything up and complicate everything, or it could make everything really clear. And we kind of got a little bit of in the middle. You know, if you're in a situation where NYC beat DC and Montreal beat Orlando, then it was, frankly, it was probably a dogfight between those two teams for that last playoff spot. But what happened was Orlando kept themselves in it. NYC very much did not. Um, you know, this this game decides a lot in terms of what these teams can sort of look forward to in the next little bit in the season. Um, Orlando, I believe, only has two games remaining. Montreal still has four games remaining, but Orlando is still trailing Montreal. Montreal has done enough to this point to more or less sort of guarantee themselves a spot. Really, Orlando is maybe trying to catch... I don't know, Toronto? I don't know. At this point, Orlando's a long shot. Montreal's playing well enough that that's the case. Best case scenario for Orlando is a season that ends with 47 points. Yes. That's the best they can do. 47 right now does get you into the playoff spot, but that's as if no one else gets any more points in their remaining games, and they will. Right. Somebody will. You're hoping for a lot if you think that that's going to happen. Basically that, you know, these teams are just going to sort of let you waltz into the playoffs. But I I believe it's worth pointing out. So Orlando can get 47, but Montreal could walk out of here with 54 points. Yeah, they could. Montreal is peaking at the right time. They got enough results earlier on in the season. Um, to mean that they can put themselves in this position now. You know, I was very critical of of several teams, NYCFC, obviously, because they're my team, but um, other teams as well, for not really taking advantage of Montreal when Montreal wasn't very good. Now that they're good again and playing well, those results all of a sudden look massive. You know, wins against NYCFC and Seattle, Mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle of the season in July, beating Columbus in July. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, drawing its, you know, Philly couldn't get three points off of them. Red Bulls couldn't get three points off of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are the games that kept Montreal in this playoff contention. Because if they lose, you know, two or three of those games, it's a completely different playoff picture in the East. If we take a little step back 
you know, just to look at the league in general. This is both what is great and infuriating about MLS. It's just the league. Because of this whole parody thing that exists here that doesn't really exist elsewhere, you are in the fight until the end of the season. Yeah. So in every other league, as you know, Ginger's uh, about halfway through the season. It's pretty clear who's going to make it and who isn't. You know, maybe in the Premier League, you're deciding those last European slots. Like mm-hmm. that's really where the jostling is. But or like who's going to go one and two? Like then that'll be what's what gets what what's getting settled. But who's going to be the premier teams? The good teams is pretty much figured out before the Christmas break. Uh, in the Premier League. And MLS, like, we're here at the end of the season, and we're looking at teams. We're going to talk about it. In fact, we could even go to it now. Uh, We've got teams in the West, uh, Portland in particular, who's below the red line. But if they win out the remaining games, they can still win the supporters. It's incredible, really. Portland nil, SKC won from this past weekend, Gingers. Oh, my God. Now, thankfully, SKC's helping me out in calling your prediction that they will follow the playoffs oh. ridiculous. So that's oh, nice. I, that I really appreciate that. But Ruining Portland it. find themselves in an inter- interesting position. They, they are tied with San Jose Earthquakes at 44 points. San Jose is currently above the red line on goal differential, but Portland has a game in hand, which can prove to be very important, obviously. Well, Port- I, I, sorry, I think it ahead. is at this point. It is. And Portland, you know, looking forward, if you're the Portland Timbers, you have away games at Real Salt Lake, LA Galaxy, Oof. and then home against the Colorado Rapids. So that's daunting, but you I guess if you're them, you hope that you get to a position on the last, you know, day of the season being like, "Hey, listen, if we win, we're in and we get Colorado at home." Like I feel like that's got to be the ideal if you are the Portland Timbers right now. And, and, and I would say it is not out of the question that of those three games, Portland could pick up six points. They could, very much <laughs> In so, fact, yes. they could pick up seven. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, the San Jose Earthquakes are at home to SKC uh, and then away at FC Dallas. So they have a pretty daunting uh, stretch as well. No gimme games in there. No, no uh, sort and, of easier and, and, games. And no wiggle room. No, you've got no two wiggle games. room at all. You have two games. You've got to get six points in the discussion. Got to get six points. And if you don't at either of those games, like now your fate is in someone else's hands. Right. So I, I don't see Portland beating L.A. I don't see that happening. And I will be there personally to make sure it doesn't. But I <laughs> will tell you this. Yeah. They could walk out of L.A. with a draw. Mm-hmm. That uh, that to me is not inconceivable. It'd be a low scoring draw, like literally a nil nil, like yeah, nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing at all happens. Yeah. But I don't see them winning at StubHub Center. Those other two games, Real Salt Lake is not what it used to be, even no. at home. So you can beat them there. Yeah, and, and then sad, playing really. Colorado in Portland, you've you've got that one. Colorado only has thirty four points. They're one of are they the only team without double digit wins? No, 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 that's not true. Philly and Chicago don't have it. They're one of three teams that is single digits in wins. Mm-hmm. You can you can beat Colorado, like that that that's possible. So Portland's still in this thing, but they've got to focus up. You know, they they can't drop anything. And I think they were really hurt. They were sloppier earlier in the season, and it's it's killing them now. Yeah. At the but other like, end of the mm-hmm, the Western mm-hmm, table, ahead. though, Seattle won. L.A. Galaxy won. <sighs> So, first of all, yeah. this was looking like L.A. finally figured out how to win 
uh, away from home, which would have been great. Whoops. Um, but nope. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> nope. Oh, uh, no. Amer- America's hero, yeah. Chad Barrett, yes. <laughs> showed up in the 90s. Real American hero, Real Chad American Barrett. hero, mm-hmm. Chad Barrett, showed up in the 93rd uh, and earned that. Don't get me wrong, Gingers. They they earned that draw. I'm sure that draw felt like a win for Yo, those players. That, that's the, that is, if you're going to sort of make a description of a, a draw that feels like a win, it's that one right there. Mm-hmm. At home, stoppage time. In front of probably, I'd have to double check, but it's 60,000 or yeah, close to it. Massive like crowd it was a for that. Massive, match. massive yes. crowd. You're playing on the football line, so you know you're already getting crap about it. <laughs> and you come out there and you at least grab a point. Yeah. And they grabbed the point when they needed to. Yeah. Because Seattle had that free fall in the middle of the season. Like, this was a team that I had um, pegged as walking away with the supporters' shield this year. They they could have had it not been for that sort of free fall in the middle of the season. As of right now, they're sitting three points above the playoff line, but only four points out of the uh, supporters' shield. Um, but this weekend's matches lead us to the following. The supporters' shield, as of the time of this recording, is being led mm-hmm. by none other than the New York Red Bulls. Alex? Yeah. Huh. How about that? Interesting. I seem to recall a little wager I had with you. <laughs> I, well, where you were claiming you claim there's a wager. Yes. If well, you were claiming that the New York Red Bulls would not finish the season in the top ten of the supporter shield stand, <sighs> and you're telling me that they're number one. Alex, you owe me seven hundred thousand dollars. What a time to be alive, Jeff. What a time to be alive. If you're a Red Bulls fan and you go you know, to Red Bull Arena with your dozen friends, who that's all the people that go. But, uh, hey, at least they got a winning team. They do. Uh, it, it, it's got to be exciting to be a fan of the Red Bulls. Now, here's the thing. This is not the first time this has happened. They've had great seasons, including a supporter shield under Mike Petke, that were marred by early exits from the playoffs. So... It's important to keep in mind, yes, the supporter shield is a big deal. Yes, it's a trophy. Yes, it's important. But it couldn't save Mike Mike Petke's job, pardon me. And ultimately, you're in it for the cup. End of discussion. That's why you're here is to win the MLS Cup. Sounds like sour grapes to yours truly. I'd like to remind Alex Kibler that the only trophy of any significance the New York Red Bulls have ever won is that supporter shield. And Mm -hmm. that was in the 2013 season. So saying like, oh, this has happened before. It's like, yeah, literally once. Yeah. We've done this one time. One time. And Mike Pecky got fired after the 2014 season, not the 2013 season. Oh, I'm not implying season. he got fired immediately so, afterward. Uh, and there's there's all this speculation about the why of why it was fired, and uh, there's a lot of question marks there. But I would have to say, if you're a New York Red Bull supporter, you've got to be pretty pleased, not only with where you are in the standings right now, but how this team has played all season. Right now, what you're hoping is you stay healthy. You know, you want to make sure that when you are in position to make a big playoff run, you know, against a team towards the bottom of the table, it's probably going to be a team like Montreal or a team like Orlando. You need to go into that game 100% healthy, full throttle, be able to go at them and play the type of expansive soccer that you know how to play for 90 minutes. You, You want to sort of set yourself up for success in that way. Alex... Yep. Street Urchin Kibler. <laughs> yep. Got a question for you. Yeah. In the East Table at the time of recording. Yes. Is everybody above the red line? Are they all going to the playoffs? Are we already looking at 
I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's it's more or less settled. I, I think I doubt that Orlando City at this point, unfortunately, is going to catch Montreal or Toronto. Montreal's going to be so hard to catch. They've got twelve available points. They it's, do. It's a tough one. And I, I really think this is the year that Toronto's finally going to qualify for. Well, they have a five-game lead on Orlando. Uh, Orlando. That's not a team. Orlando, and they... Five ha- point. Five point, five, not five game. Uh, hang on. They have a five-point lead. Are you trying to edit this? Nope. On Orlando City, and uh, they have a game in hand. So at this point, I think they're more or less safe. I mean, I if I was the coach of these teams, I would not present it that way but from a numbered standpoint and the way toronto's been playing this year yeah. it's the best they've ever played and it's still sloppy don't get me wrong mm-hmm. they still need work they need to invest time coaching scouting something in defense like they, they just can't play defense they're as bad as new york city was for the vast majority of the season in terms of defensive play yeah but they are so strong on offense so strong they're making up the difference of the fact that they can't play defense. And I really do think that Toronto is going to make the playoffs. There's only Mont- one Montreal. team in the league that has allowed more goals than them, and that is the Orlando City. <laughs> That's amazing, really. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, if we look at the West, yes. I don't think that's the playoff. The I playoff don't think it is either, if I'm totally I, honest with you. I... I know I mean, you think lot- SKC is going to fall out. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I do think Portland's coming back. I, I think it's going to be a dogfight between Portland and San Jose. I think Portland has the more favorable schedule, um, and so I think that's going to sort of lend them some help there. Um, it, at this point, RSL is a long shot at best. Mm-hmm. Um, RSL, it's it's you know they actually have put together a couple of decent results over the last month or so. They um, have, but at this point, it's too little, too late in terms of like what you're bringing to the table because your home form, you know, getting a, a win away at uh, you know Colorado like they did on Sunday, great, mm-hmm. that's great, you know, good for you. But you got to finish now against Portland at home, Dallas at home, away at Sounders. Um, you want to put yourself. You want to put yourself. I didn't yourself, realize their last game was yeah. at Seattle. Uh, you got to put yourself in a position to not have these points be necessary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you said, it's too little, too late. This this isn't the position they should be in anyway. Yeah. Now this here's the thing, Gingers. We've talked about the league now for like 23 minutes. Not so, enough. No, not enough. Because I know that right now you're all thinking about something else. You're thinking about what Getting happens me a gift. tomorrow night. And by tomorrow night, I mean my girlfriend's uh, mother's getting here, so it's going to be interesting. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about the CONCACAF Cup. The USA plays Mexico in the Rose Bowl in front of 90,000 people. Sold out. We have a roster. We have the team. We know who's going to be playing, who's not going to be playing, sort of. Jeff, mm, are we... Of. I mean, what? first of all, let me ask that question. What questions do we still have about the roster? The roster came out this week, more or less what people expected. Yeah, Uh, especially with who isn't injured right now. Right. (laughs) Your hand was forced in a few different areas, yes. A few different areas. You're kind of stuck with what? what, Hold on. A brief aside. Yes. Girlfriend's mother. Now, is that an in-law? I mean, uh, no. I think it. the law implies that you're married. I think that's what the in-law means. 
It, that is what it means. I'm just making sure I'm understanding properly. Yeah, that is what it means. I'm just wondering how like that gets you know sorted out in your brain. I mean, it's it's going to be sorted out for about ten days because that's how long she's here. Ten days. Yeah. Good luck, Thank brother. You. Good. She's sleeping luck. in that closet we were talking about in the pre-show. <laughs> that oh, giant man. closet. Oh man. Ten days. You. Ugh. Well, anyway, so we got the roster, <laughs> and yeah. uh, by and large, uh, people that we expected on there. Except, I, I, you know, I was a little surprised to see um, Jonathan Spector on the roster. Surprised to see him. He's been, you know, sort of playing pretty well lately. I, I, not, not a criticism of him. I was just yeah. surprised. Just surprised that he was he was on the roster. But but but, but, but by and large, you know, the, the people you would think to see John Brooks injured, it's not going to be there. Right. Um, Breck Shea's still recovering. It's unclear if he's really at a hundred percent. Right. Um, Omar is an interesting omission, but I think he has not quite come back the way they wanted him to. Aaron Johansson's hurt. Like, there's a whole, there's a laundry list of people. And some of the younger players, frankly, are with the U23s right now. Right. I I think, you know, this roster has done more than I thought it would to sort of shore up that question of who's the back line going to be. Because at this point, it's looking like Beasley, Johnson, Beasler, and Jeff Cameron, unless something crazy happens and someone gets hurt or something like that. You know, you, you then you have to, you know, the depth is not amazing. No offense to any of these guys, but having Alvarado and Orozco directly behind those guys is a little worrying, I guess you could say. Um mm-hmm. I, I well, I mean, I wish we had Omar. I wish we had John Brooks. Yeah. Um, I wish we had. I wish Timmy Chandler was there. I'm probably the only American in the world who wishes that. But I wish Timmy Chandler was there. But there's not a lot. There's not a lot off the bench that that we have to work with. I am excited to see Run DMB back out there. Me too. He's one of my all time favorite U.S. Men's National Team players. And, um, and frankly, we're going to need the pace. We're going to need him out oh, there. Yes. We're going to need DeAndre Yedlin out there. Um, just to keep up with this Mexican side. I know Gio Dos Santos isn't going to make it due to injury. There's been a couple other Mexican injuries mm-hmm. as well. But um, I, I hate to say it, but this is probably the best roster we could have had. You know, no, it is. Considered. It is. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of call out there for why isn't Bobby Wood here. Uh, you know, that's That's been sort of a, a common thread. It, it, mm-hmm. He's still in a situation in his club career where there needs to be consistency. Uh, we all know he's a, a poacher. Uh, this is a game where you need pace and you need clinical finishing. I, I think in a game like this with so much on the line after having played sort of you know inconsistent minutes with the national mm-hmm. team, this is not where you bring in Bobby Wood. No offense to Bobby Wood. Now, you know, and, and Bobby Wood's a good talent. And, yeah. and keep in mind, you want, you want to have veterans in this game. And he just started playing for Union Berlin. Playing right. well for Union Berlin, by the way. I mean, he's already got, what, four goals for mm-hmm. them this season. So it's not, it's not like he's doing poorly. But my understanding, at least, is that the U.S. Uh, powers that be w- want to see Bobby get a little more settled there. Right. Here's the question when I saw this roster that jumps out to me, though. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at the midfield, obviously you're going to have Michael Bradley in there. And you have three players, Cal Beckerman, Jermaine Jones, and Danny Williams, who could theoretically slot in maybe behind him. How do you decipher this? Who do you give the, the edge to right now? Uh, that's a tough one. This hasn't been like Kyle Beckerman's best season. No, you know? not remotely. 
You know, it's not horrible. It's not his best season. Um, that's tough. I don't know. I don't know who you slot in there. I, I think... mean, obviously, Michael Bradley starts, obviously. Yes. Unless he's injured or something, Michael Bradley plays. Um, I do want to see Jermaine Jones out there. Because I, I need somebody out there who we know is going to fight. Well, the thing with Jermaine Jones, though, is that for all of his individual talent, he doesn't have the best track record of playing well with uh, uh, with Bradley. It, it's interesting. No, they don't. They don't pair up. That no, well. that's true. They don't. And and if you're sort of saying to you know the world, hey, Michael Bradley is on this squad. He is in this team. He is starting this game against Mexico. Is Danny Williams maybe not the better sort of, you know, uh, role? You know, he fits that role maybe better in terms of being behind Michael Bradley, if that makes sense. I would love to see Danny Williams out there. I think he's having a really good season in Reading. His most recent USMNT uh, games have been very strong. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be good to see, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if they're really going to trot him out there, at least to start. I bet we'll see him, but I don't know if he's going to start this game. And you know, Jurgen Klinsmann loves Jermaine Jones. It would he love does. to play him. He very much And I does. think he missed the fact that he didn't have the opportunity to play him in some, uh, let's say, more crucial games that happened recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I want to point out, we have one, two, let's see, three, four players on this squad that have more than a hundred caps. That's incredible. And like Josie's got 85. Like there are, there are some veteran players here, really veteran players. Yeah. And you want that veteran presence in a game like this, a game that matters. But the real question is Alex soccer Kibler. Mm -hmm. If the U S loses this game. Yeah. Does Jurgen Klinsmann keep his job? Yes, hundred percent he does. All right, well that was a short one. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know there was some comments in the week. What he's referring to, there's some comments in the week uh, from Landon Donovan, sort of, and it wasn't basically he should get fired. I think people are misconstruing what he said, saying he should get fired if we lose. That's not what he's saying. But you know, under the pretense that you're running your program as a meritocracy, there are certain wins that are expected of you. And this might be one of those wins. You know, we, for a long time, expecting a win against Mexico was hilarious. But over the last maybe seven or eight years, we've gotten the better of them more often than not, especially outside of Mexico, Mm -hmm. uh, outside of the dreaded Azteca. But this is not one of those situations. You know, he's pulled off enough wins you know, over the can we are we really that short sighted that we can't remember the win over Germany or the win over the Netherlands to think that you know he hasn't had a lot of important you know wins, but this sort of does beg the question. We were talking about a little of this on the pre-show, but what does he have to do to get fired? What what is Jurgen Klinsmann? What would break the camel's back to have him be fired? So I don't think he would get fired if he lost this, as long as it was like we were in this game. You know, if it was a 2-1 or something like that. We got blown out. Like, it was like 10-0, something ridiculous. Then I think he sees the walking papers from this game. But the thing that would get him fired is if we do not qualify for the next World Cup. I mean, that's a a thought almost too terrible to think about. We've qualified for decades now. And we're either the most um qualified I think we might be the most time, yeah we're close to it like we haven't missed 
a World Cup in what twenty five years, something like that. Yeah, something crazy. A huge something amount crazy. of time. Yeah, we, we we just keep going. And these are teams that were crappy teams. Well, we Absolutely. played in the crappy uh, confederation. That certainly helped. Absolutely crappy teams that were not that well coached. Only recently, like I would say, the past, including Jurgen, the past three coaches, have we had like well coached teams and somewhat decent players. Yeah. Like it's a new thing. That's new. Um, and if he somehow did not qualify for the 2018 World Cup, he'd get fired because that's what they're paying him for. Yes. When it's all said and done, they're not actually paying him to go to the confederations cup that's not what they're doing they're paying him to get us further in the world cup than we've gone before which he hasn't done yet which is worth pointing out yeah there's still work to do there there's work to do there but if we don't qualify i think you fire him immediately but too much money has been spent and too much power has been given like he has redone for better or worse the whole lineup of how the US uh, men's national team setup works. Not just the senior level, but from the youth level up. The whole thing's been redone the way he wants it to be redone. Right? There's a whole new philosophy and how we're coaching everybody. This sure. this is a new idea. It takes a really long time to see any dividends from that. Many have argued that the reason Germany is doing well now is because of the changes that Jurgen Klinsmann did when he was the head coach. It just takes a long time right. to see those kinds of results, uh, not to take anything away from their current form. Obviously, they're still coached very, very well. That being said, if he doesn't qualify, the hand is forced. Mm-hmm. Like You have to fire him at that point. Yeah. There's other <laughs> important games going on this weekend, though. What? Yeah. Can you believe it? We, we, you know, as much play as the CONCACAF Cup has gotten, there's another competition going on right now, and that is our quest to qualify for the Olympic Games with our men's national team. Um, now, if you're not familiar with the difference between typically, a, well, I guess what you would call a senior soccer team and the Olympic team, the Olympic team is more or less a, a, a under-23 team. Uh, with certain concessions for professionals, players above that age. Um, so it's it's really sort of always played second fiddle to the World Cup in terms of popularity and in terms of sort of prestige. But it's also something that we've not typically been that good at qualifying for. You know, for as good as our senior teams have been in terms of qualifying for the World Cup every cycle... We typically have not always had the best youth teams. We are a nation who has traditionally rushed its best talents sort of out of the youth leagues into the you know into the uh, the, the first team, the senior team, as quickly as possible. Landon Donovan was playing meaningful minutes at like what seventeen, eighteen years old. Um, Something like that. It's crazy. So this is a game. You know, you're you're starting to you're getting a chance to see some some talents. You know, out of a guy like Jordan Morris, who's already scored a couple goals in this. Um, this might be a way that you can measure Jurgen's impact without sort of looking at senior results. He is, in fact, the technical director of this of this uh, this great nation in terms of their soccer teams, um, and. We all of a sudden seemingly have a massive amount of youth talent that sort of came out of nowhere. Which is so unusual for us. Yes. So unusual. Historically, we'd have one or two guys. One or two guys who are clearly really good. There was this 
bizarre class of players and like Michael Bradley, Landon Donovan, uh, one could argue Josie Altidore is from that class. Uh, Tim Howard's from that class that uh, we actually had a wealth of youth talent. Right. But usually it's just like, Oh, here's Freddie Adu and no one else. <laughs> like that's, exactly. That's, that's all we have. Yeah, for you, real. That, that's exactly one, how one it is. Guys. Mm-hmm. Right now, like I said, we, we have players in this U23 group right now who could, and some of them have, gotten senior minutes yeah these guys can play they can really play and uh, to just piggyback off of a comment you made earlier uh, the 2012 team was coached by none other than current portland timbers coach uh, caleb porter and they didn't qualify and that team had uh, what teal bunbury juan agadella was yeah. on that team like those had some guys on there guys you've heard of guys who play in pro now but it was disappointing we we were expecting to qualify in 2012 we really, really weren't we are a nation of – we like success here. Let's just put it that way. That's a polite way of putting it. Anytime that we have a team that doesn't qualify for something, it's a failure. We mm-hmm. expect greatness out of our athletic programs in this country. And so it's nice to sort of see a return to form in terms of getting maybe sort of – back to the way things should be is that bold to say that they should be that we should qualify out of this group you know we we do in fact have the best sports nutrition the best facilities in the world we should we Um, should i mean i i know i'm cutting you off here but i I 100 percent agree that we should and it's specifically because of those things you're talking about we have all of the resources that would indicate that you should we should do well, not not just like oh we skated by. Like we should be a top team, and I'll say it. Basically, every sports every sport you can think of, we should be contending in because we have all these resources. We have all of the. We have three hundred million people in this country. Like ju- just in pure chance, we should we should have people who are yeah. good. And the problem has been historically that there's been no focus on it. Like that's been the issue. But in the past, I'd say, what, 10, maybe 15 years, there has been a focus, and it gets more refined all the time. And we're starting, just now starting, to see dividends when we can, every now and then, really play these big teams where we can play Germany and beat them. We can play the Netherlands and beat them. We can play Italy and beat them. Like, we can actually do these things. Whereas as recently as, uh, I'd say, five years ago, it'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. That'll never mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. We'll all die before that happens. Right, exactly. But I agree with your, your underlying argument that just Americans expect greatness. We expect greatness, even though we both love an underdog, but we also love a champion. Isn't it People, funny? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, People that's love like the same thing. How we like we love the yeah. Yankees and the Cubs. We yeah, want exactly. Both of these we want stories. both of those at the same time. And it's the strangest thing, and we must look insane from yeah. the outside. Yeah, I'm sure we do. But this is a strong youth team. They they destroyed everyone they played in the group stages. Absolutely destroyed them. Only two goals against in those yeah, and, matches. In what, 13 fourths or something crazy like 13. that? 13. We had 13 crazy, goals for, yeah. two against, 11 goal difference. Those of you who don't want to be bothered to do the subtraction yourself. <laughs> and I got to say, they look strong. But yeah. they were playing teams like Cuba, who had five defectors. <laughs> yeah. So, Poor people. Got to keep that in mind. But so we also. Sad. We also beat Panama. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a real that's a real team. That's a real uh, team. We beat Canada, which I've been told is a country. Yeah, someone told me that. I hear we're and, big there. Uh, real big. Strangely, real, real big. And we are about. 
about to have a semifinal match on you guessed it ten ten, folks. The same Saturday that Alex Kibler's in laws are in town. Why is there an uncomfortable pause? I thought you were gonna respond to that. What was I wait, I didn't I don't understand what you're asking me. I'll I wasn't asking out. anything. I was just saying that uh Alex Kibler's in laws were in town and then we're gonna be like, Oh, they're not my in laws. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, forget it. You know what? You're not good at jokes. You okay, fair that. enough. <laughs> uh, you know what? What might come off as a joke? Um, apparently, Orlando City's ownership group has said that they're going to be targeting none other than Cristiano Ronaldo this off season. Jeff, your thoughts? I mean, I guess why not? I mean, yeah. Just call and ask. Like, hey, Real, what what do you want for this guy? And they'll say some ridiculous yeah. number. <laughs> Something insane. They're going to tell you, like, oh, you know, for the low, low price of $300 million. No, exactly. You can have him. Is this a bald-faced, like, do they honestly think that they have a chance to sign him? Or is it you one know, of those things that it's just like... Hey, haha, you know, and want people to come to the games. You know, which which of where in that spectrum is it? I think it's I think it's the third option, actually. I think which it's is? the third option. So I, I've been thinking about this for a while, as you know. I think the third option is no, we don't actually believe that Real Madrid is gonna sell us Cristiano Ronaldo. We don't believe that's gonna happen. But we wanna send a signal to every agent of every big name everywhere that Orlando is willing to pay. We're here to play ball. Yeah. We can play ball and we're going to go after, what do you need? Like, how much money do you want? We will pay for your player. And I think it's probably a signal not to the Cristiano Ronaldo's of the world, where there's literally only one other person in that category who is Lionel Messi. Yeah. There's no one else in that category. But it's not only for those two players, but it's for those other guys out there. And I think these rumors that you're hearing about Ibrahimovic also being approached by Orlando, which is a bit more plausible. He's an older player. And he is – he seems to be not the happiest with his current setup. Um, they're saying to those players, we've got the cash. Yeah. We got the cash and we're willing to spend it. And we're willing to go to great lengths to, 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 to make this happen. And they want someone in addition to Kaká on this team. They've had a whole season now. They had very high expectations. If they make the playoffs, it's going to be in that last, that sixth place spot if they make it at all. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted more than that, and I think they believe they need another big name to make that push. Because keep in mind, you're in an Eastern Conference now that has New York City FC that apparently has infinite money, and you've got Toronto that'll spend uh, – they'll overpay, frankly, yeah. for players. That's like their M.O. And meanwhile, you have the New York Red Bulls who found how to win on the cheap. Like you, You're suddenly in a, in a difficult conference that back in the day – and by back in the day, I mean – Two years ago, yeah. if you had one star player, that was enough. It was that's a surplus. Yeah, exactly. That's all you needed. Yeah, it's and crazy. that's not true anymore. No, not at all. You're up against the city football group mm-hmm. who is not going to be happy about not making the playoffs. No. So something, I don't know if it's Jason Kreitz getting fired. I don't know if it's another big name signing somehow, but something really major is going to happen to that team in the offseason. They need to get that LA Galaxy hotline where they can just make rules up to bring players in. That's what they really need. People always say that. It's the same rules. they got the same rules every team has. That were created to help out LA. That's all I'm saying. 
You really think David Tam was created Beckham. for them? David Beckham. Hold everyone on. Wasn't that rule available Beckham. to everyone? Hold on. Correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex Soccer Kibler. Was no, that a no. rule that only applied to Los Angeles? No, I'm not implying that it is. I'm just implying so that. So my thought is this. The, regardless of how a rule comes into being, if there was a big-name player who wanted to come across or not, yeah. the rule exists, and all of you can do it. But here's the difference. If I want to drive my car with my feet, and I'm the LA Galaxy, I just pick up the phone and call the police and say, I'm going to start driving my car with my feet now. And and you're basically saying, yeah, but other t- other people can now drive their car with their feet. It doesn't matter. They get what they want in terms of rules for player acquisition. It's been the case for 20 better, years. I would say a better analogy would be you're a car manufacturer and you say, hey, we want to make a convertible. And other people would say, well, you can't do that. You say, well, we figured out how. We just need you to say it's okay and we'll prove that it works. And then it's like, oh, okay, go ahead. It's more like that, not your crazy driving with feet example i kind of grossed myself out as i started talking about driving with feet like, that's kind of oh, we gross were, we were all grossed out yeah let's go around the league jeff else. shall we there's only a few league games this week and they're actually all on wednesday so we're gonna do a little preview here um what do you mean a preview if they're on wednesday that means they're happening right now no no next wednesday dummy don't call me a dummy <laughs> I'll, I'll hang up on you toronto FC there are two games happening right now that's a good point but you know what? They're happening right now, and we won't know the, the outcome of them until they're over. Uh, next Wednesday, October Jeez. the 14th, Toronto FC plays host to the New York Red Bulls. Massive Eastern Conference clash. That is on MSG and TSN, 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you have uh, MLS Live, try – I don't know if they'll do the Canadian broadcast for this, but it's always more entertaining to watch the They're Canadian They're a great broadcast. broadcast team. I love it. Although I do oh, really I like Shep Messing's, Shep Messing's descriptions of soccer games. I Was think that, your... that Thierry Henry is great at soccer. That's my Shep Messing impression. It's just Good? you louder. Yeah, basically. That's how it works. I got I got the Red Bulls in this one at Toronto. I want to say two one Red Bulls. I'm taking a one one draw. Everyone leaves disappointed. You love that. That's like your favorite thing. I love it. It happens so rarely. Yeah. Uh, FC Dallas at home that night against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Massive Western Conference game. In preseason, I would never have thought this game would matter. Nope. FC Dallas, Vancouver, this late in the season, but it does. I'm taking FC Dallas at home, too. Vancouver won. I think that, oh, man, this is going to be tough. Vancouver, as you gingers might know, I have been on the Vancouver Whitecaps bandwagon now for quite a while. I've noticed. They're coming off a draw at Avaya Stadium in San Jose, California. They have two games in a row against Dallas in consecutive Wednesdays. One is happening in the past, so you'll know the result of this by the time you hear this. And then the one that we're talking about here. And then they finish at home against Houston. Vancouver. uh, Vancouver is still tough to pin down, despite the fact that they, you know, they're they're coming off a lot of losses. They've not been playing up to their, their, um, they've not been playing up to their, uh, their potential remotely. So, yeah, I think I'm actually going to pick a loss for them, believe it or not. I think I'm going to say FC. I'm sorry, what was that? A loss. I'm going to take. Can you say that a little louder? No. FC Dallas 
Oh God, Vancouver uh, FC Dallas two, Vancouver one. I think that's what it's going to be. And then RSL at home against Portland later on that evening, nine thirty p.m. Eastern time. I've Root got sports. Portland winning that. Oh yeah, me too. I think Portland what two nil. I'm going to give them one nil. I think okay. it's going to be a bit tighter, but okay. I still got Portland winning that. But the game that everyone cares about tomorrow you mean night. Just you and our oddly large Orlando following. No, no. I was going to talk about this game. Oh, I thought you were talking about Friday. Tomorrow night. Oh. United States. How come you went backwards in time? Because it's the big game and I'm saving it for last. <sighs> USA Clear plays host to Mexico in the CONCACAF Cup. 9 p.m. Eastern Time. FS1. Univision. Univision Deportes. Rose Bowl. 90,000 people. Here we go. Are, we, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I mean, should we say it together? Because I feel like... No, 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 no. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. The United States of America. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Mexico. Cerro. We're walking away with this, folks. Dos a We're walking right out of the Rose Bowl with this, folks. Also, my pick... Dos Acero. I feel like I feel like I'm a patriot every time I say that, even though it's in Spanish. I feel like I just offended someone. Ways that you offended you, me. The ways that you could get in touch with us gingers. At Straight Red Pod on Twitter, that's the pod. At Jeff is famous on Twitter, that's Jeff. At Alex S. Kibler on Twitter, the S stands for soccer. Uh, I went with the easy one. Straight Red uh, at iCloud.com, Straight Red Podcast on Instagram, and Straight Red on Facebook. Jeff! You know, it, it's weird because now it's time for Quiet Time with Jeff, but you're not here to, to like, look at me dreamily. So let's just try it anyway because you're in Portland. Jeff, it's now time for your favorite part of the show. It's also your favorite. Come on. It is. Uh, quiet Time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you have for the gingers tonight? Gingers, sometimes you'll spend almost 10 years of your life living in New York City and then another four living in Boston. And you'll move out to some small town you've only heard of once. And discover that everywhere else you lived in your adult life was definitely, definitely loud. It is shocking how much quieter the rest of the world is. New York City is horrible. That's really depressing. (laughs) No, it's honestly surprising, though, how much quieter it is here. You can hear everything. I'm now jealous. Go forth in soccer, gingers. Actually, I want to turn my own. <sighs> yeah, see, that's way better. Okay, cool. Um, I'm still figuring out how this is going to work the best. Um, okay, so um, if we were to start the show as per normal, then you would be starting the show, but you're not at. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs>